Welcome to the Sisters in Crime Writers Podcast. Everyone has a unique writing journey, so join us for conversations about those journeys from the writers themselves. This is Julie Henrik, this Executive Director of Sisters in Crime, and I wanted to pop in here for a quick reminder that from June 1st through July 31st, our Pride Award submissions are open. The Pride Award is for emerging LBGTQIA plus authors who write in the crime genre. Information is on sistersincrime.org's website and also in the show notes for this episode. Please spread the word. Let anyone know you don't have to be a Sisters in Crime member to submit your materials. Uh, And we're really looking forward to supporting new voices in the crime writing field and new LBGTQIA plus voices. So June 1st through July 31st, check it out on sistersincrime.org. It's not for members only. Thanks so much. Hi, this is Julie Henrik, as the Executive Director of Sisters in Crime, and I'm delighted to welcome Tina Cashian to the podcast today. Tina writes the best-selling Kebab Kitchen Mediterranean Mystery Series, and her first book, Hummus and Homicide, spent six weeks on the Barnes & Noble bestseller list. Tina is an attorney and mechanical engineer whose love of reading for pleasure helped her get through years of academia. Tina spent her childhood summers at the Jersey Shore building sandcastles, boogie boarding, and riding the boardwalk Ferris wheel. She also grew up in the restaurant business as her Armenian parents owned a restaurant for 30 years. Tina also writes historical romance as Tina Gabriel. Please visit her website to join her newsletter and receive delicious recipes enter contests and more and all of her connections on social media and her website are in the show notes tina welcome to the podcast oh thank you thanks for having me i'm happy to be here oh i'm delighted to have this conversation with you so let's start where i always start um when did you say to yourself i want to write a novel um, it's a pretty long journey. I guess I started, I wrote my first book when I was 16 on my family's electric typewriter. I guess I'm <laughs> dating myself. Remember those? Um, I thought it was going to be this great novel and it is now under my bed. It will never be seen by anyone or the light of day. Um, fast forward a couple of years. Then I went to school, um, I went to engineering school and then I went to law school. Wow. Um, and I was writing those really boring appellate briefs. But meanwhile, in the back of my mind, um, I've always wanted to write a book, like a commercial fiction novel. So I had that in my mind for so long. And then finally, I sat down and my first book um, was actually a Regency period historical romance. And I wrote that because I love, um, like the era. I love the dresses, the carriages, the manners, everything about that period. So I wrote that book and then I started to join writers organizations. I discovered them. Um, and I went to a writer's conference and I remember this 
so vividly. I had my first um, agent pitch appointment. And I don't know if you know anything about them, but they are, they can be highly stressful. Mm-hmm. You sign up in advance to um, pitch to an agent. And there's all these writers were all really nervous outside this big door. And then you go in and then it makes it even worse because there's just tables and tables of agents and it's like speed dating. So you have like five minutes or 10 minutes. I think I had 10 minutes to pitch your book to this agent and you're not supposed to bring the book or anything. And I remember um, I was so nervous, but I pitched my book and then... 10 minutes later, it's like speed dating. They they tap you on the shoulder and then you're out and the next author's in. But she did ask to see a proposal, which would be like the synopsis and the first um, 50 pages. And then based on that, um, I got my first agent. So I was so happy. And then, so she sold that book. Um, and I wrote, I wrote, I sold it to Kensington Publishing. I remember and I wrote it under a different pen name. I wrote it under Tina Gabrielle, which is Gabrielle's my daughter, my youngest daughter. I have two daughters, two teenage daughters. God help me right now. <laughs> <laughs> two teenage daughters. And I wrote that book under um, her name. And I still write um, historicals under that name. Um, but then I didn't start writing my cozy mysteries until a little bit later because all my books were starting to have more and more mystery in them because I kept reading more and more mysteries. I was reading mysteries. So, um, then my kebab kitchen series was born based on the title. Um, I thought of the title first. I thought of hummus and homicide because, um, I grew up in the restaurant business mm-hmm. and, um, about that a little bit later but um yes and so I, I i had a second agent by then my first agent unfortunately passed away it was yeah horrible thing but anyway so i pitched this uh title to her and she said oh that sounds like fun that sounds like a cozy mystery like a really fun you know cozy mystery i had only written a very bit like beginning of it and she said just you need to finish the book so I did. I finished the book. Um, and then based on that, um, she pitched that to Kensington. And at that time, they were starting to acquire more and more cozy mysteries mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And so that series was born. Um, and then I decided to write that under a different name. Um, and I chose my maiden name, which is Kashishian. And I just shortened a little bit to be Cashian so that it would fit on the cover of the book (laughs) (laughs) easier they suggested it and I said okay that's fine so that's how that series was born so I guess it's been a long process to answer your question I started when my youngest daughter um was young I think she was in um kindergarten first grade now she's in high school so it's been a long journey been a long journey. Yeah. Well, let's, I want to talk more about the writing in different genres and, and things like that. Okay. But um, let's start with craft. I mean, you were an engineer, you went to yeah. law school. I mean, that sort of writing and academic rigor can, can get your uh, creative juices a little bit <laughs> tamped down. Yes, um, yes. So, so when you said to yourself, okay, I, I want to write this Regency romance, how did you figure out how to write a Regency romance? 
Um, you know, it's so funny you say that. Yes, it's very logical, like, you know, engineering. I was a mechanical engineer, so it's very logical. And then the legal writing is also very logical. There is no, you know, you can't put fiction. No. <laughs> you, might on put that. fiction. <laughs> you might want to put fiction in your briefs, but you can't. Um, you'll get in trouble for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was very, um, and I found this to be so true amongst a lot of lawyers. I think it's because it's so, um, um, dry writing, I guess you could call it. It's all, you know, fact-based, uh, case law, case law, you know, everything has to be, you know, they want it in like a formulaic way, I guess. So, so I know so many of them that have either left the profession or they have this creative outlet. So either they paint or they um mm-hmm. they run marathons or they work some of them drink unfortunately <laughs> whatever they're they need a creative outlet so uh mine was writing and telling stories uh and i think that's you know what helped me a lot i mm-hmm. guess stress of it i don't practice full time anymore so um uh so that that really i guess helped me i guess if you want to say it was my creative outlet Mm-hmm. Um, and also like I had the stress of, then I got married and I had kids and, you know, yeah, uh, running around like all kinds of like women do mothers do. Yeah. Um, so I guess, how did I learn how to write? That was the question. Um, I read a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course my analytical mind was always, you know, tearing books apart, not um, critically, but just to see how, you know, right. how did it start? How did the pacing go? How did they end a chapter so that I wanted to read more? Um, uh, how did they end the book and how did they solve the mystery? So I was reading and reading and reading and, and also romances as well. So I think that helped. And then I also joined, um, I joined mystery writers of America before I discovered sisters in crime. And then I also joined, um, New Jersey romance writers, which would mm-hmm. be my local chapter. And I started going to, um, this is pre COVID, of course, the meetings and they would have people talking about craft, mm-hmm. um, just everything from how to start the book to get through the sagging middle to how to end the book. So I guess I learned a lot that way mm-hmm. and trial and error. And that's how I learned how to write, really. And I'm still learning. I still, um, you know, go, I still watch a lot of online workshops through Sisters in Crime, of course. Mm -hmm. And I'm still learning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's a continuing um, (laughs) process, but... but one that I, I suspect because of your trained mind as far as your, you know, being a lawyer and, and yeah. mechanical engineer, um, process is probably something that you're comfortable with as well is, you know, understanding that to do this, I have to do this. Yes, because it, it is very logical. And I did love to write. So many lawyers I noticed and engineers, oh my goodness, engineers are not good writers. Like my husband's a mechanical engineer too. That's where we met. But um, they, people don't like to write. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to say, oh, give it to me. I love it. Give give me the brief. Give me the hard brief. I'll write the brief. Right. Um, if you want to go argue it in court, that's fine. But give me the brief. Give me that meaty stuff. I used to always love to write. 
And I think um, that was just always part of me. I just loved writing, whether it was the the long, hard brief to write or or the book to start. Right. I just loved to write. So I think it's just part of our souls, writers. You just <laughs> can't not write. <laughs> Well, and that's, and writing and publishing are two different journeys. So we'll spend more time talking about the your publishing journey, but just talking about the writing journey, you know, there's no one way to do this, right. uh, to, to write a book. Uh, but how did you make the time once you'd said, okay, I want to write this romance. How do you, and you, you had a family, you had a career, you had so many things going on. How did you make the time? What, what, you know, did you, how did you set yourself up for success as far as getting that first book done? Um, uh, <laughs> I remember, cause I was, remember, um, I was actually nursing my second one and I was just writing by hand on a like little stencil notepad. I've also learned um, because we're such busy moms. We're all moms. We have kids. We're doing piano lessons, swim lessons, tennis, whatever it is. Um, not to be too hard on myself. Mm-hmm. So I don't write every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I am working full time, not in the law profession as of right now, but I am working full time. So. I've learned not to be so hard on myself. So some people say you must write every day. You must do, you know, have a full outline. You must, you know, stick to the outline, blah, blah, blah. Any, anything, anybody that says you must do anything that just bothers me. I think that's the wrong writing advice. So I write when I can, if I don't get the words down that day, it's okay. I give myself a break. Mm-hmm. It's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just, I slow and to answer your question, slow and steady wins the race. Right. You know, it takes me when I sign that contract. Now I tell my agent nine months, it takes me nine months to write the book. Um, and then they'll always say, well, can you do it in six? I'm like nine months, <laughs> <laughs> nine months to write the book. So like I said, slow and steady wins the race. I think in the beginning it would take me a year, Yeah, a full year. Um, and I could do that. You just find little bits of time. I also think somebody once told me the egg timer method. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yeah, the Pomodoro method. Yes. You set the egg timer for five minutes and you just write for five minutes and then you increase it to 10 and then you write for 10. I can't sit down. I know people that do sit down for six to eight hours and all they do is write. I can't. I'll go crazy. Yeah. You need to to get up and move around. Um, Do you, what's your favorite piece of writing advice you've ever gotten? Um, I would say, I guess two things. First, join writers organizations because writing Mm -hmm. can be so lonely. You know, it's just you and your computer screen, um, your monitor. Sometimes the words flow, sometimes they don't. But I've made some of my best friends from joining these writer organizations. Whatever genre you write, there is an mm-hmm. organization out there for you. Absolutely. And, you know, family's great. They're supportive. My husband's supportive. Uh, but he's not a writer. <laughs> he doesn't understand the stress of, you know, trying to finish a manuscript or getting through the middle. Or, But your writing friends will always understand. Yeah. 
And you can text them, you can call them, and you can say, I'm having a really hard time. This is like the worst book I've ever written. This is horrible. And, and you know, they'll help you out. They'll just, even if it's moral support, they really understand. Yeah. Yeah. True. But I would Absolutely. say, yeah, join, um, join writers organizations and find your, find your tribe. Yep. Find your people. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that your first book was a Regency romance. Yes. I've been reading a lot of MC Beaton this winter. So, uh, and she wrote Regency romances as well, um, as well as, as mystery. So it's, it's, it, you know, seems like there are a few people who do that, but tell me, I always think with historical fiction, there's so much research that Mm -hmm. goes into it and, and, and a demand for accuracy, um, amongst the readers. Uh, how, how did you sort of decide to do that first? Because that that extra layer of the research and the period and, you know, and, and then writing the romance or, you know, on top of it is a lot. It's a um, lot. It yeah. Really, yeah, people think, yeah, people put it down, but I'm like, you know, it's oh. really um, I have um, file cabinets of research. Uh-huh. I think that's where my... Um, legal background has helped me a lot because we, you always have to research, um, and get your facts right. Mm-hmm. When you're writing a brief, you can't just embellish or anything. Every fact has to be correct and checked and double checked. So, uh, I've had that. I haven't had, thankfully readers, I haven't had a reader ever email me and say, you know, that fact isn't right. Yeah. I wrote a, um, a barrister series that was very much heavily in the role in the mystery. I'm sorry, in the mystery. Um, and I remember I wrote this for Kensington, my barrister series. And, um, they said, well, it's supposed to be a romance, but you put so much mystery (laughs) into it because that's what I like to read. Um, but the facts, the fact checking, because I had to get the barristers right. I had to get, you know, he worked in the link, you know, the, um, the chambers that he worked in, right. The courtroom that he worked in, um, the cases he worked on, everything has to be, had to be like checked and double checked. And I thought that was the funnest part. Yeah. I really liked that part. So I love that series. Um, it means, uh, it's close to my heart. Yeah. So I like, either you like to research or you don't, it could be a rabbit hole too. Absolutely. And, and, you know, all, series your cozy series i'm sure also require research to a degree they but do. historical yeah. it, it, it's a it's a big field it's a very popular um mm. field um but it's a lot why the regency era um cuz i just loved that era i still love that era uh like i said like the dresses the carriages the just the manners that the people had um I do like the titles, like the parts of that. And I also like the common man during mm-hmm. that time. Um, I never wrote, I know some people write Scottish, they write uh, medieval. I don't, I was never drawn to that period. I just like to read them as well. I think you have to write what you like to read. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You need to love the genre. <laughs> yes. uh, and I also write the two um, people always ask me, how do you write this? They're, Cause they're so different. One's contemporary, my kebab kitchen yeah. series and one's historical. I think it also helps keep the creative juices flowing to mm-hmm. write two totally different genres. One's like, you know, flowing, fla- almost flowery language in the historical period. And then, 
Then you have the, the fun, short, snappy dialogue and the cozies, which I love so much, like, and the mystery in there. So it keeps it fresh. If and, I was just writing one genre, it would be hard. I think it keeps it fresh. And do you, can you work on two projects at the same time or do you need to write one, you know, work on a cozy and then you can switch over to writing a historical? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I find I write best when I start one book and finish it and then start the other because the language is so different. Yeah. Yeah. The period language is so different. The dialogue is so different. Um, I have to finish one. And And by finish, you mean like drafts and edits and, and it's, it's packaged up or do you mean finish your first draft, then you can work on another project and come back to it? Um, no, I mean like finish it and send it off to my agent and editor. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's still multiple rounds of edits after that, but at least then I can start the next, you know, cozy or whatever I'm working on. So what's your process like for writing? Um, does so, it depend on romance or, or mystery or, or do you have the no, same sort of process? The same. It's the same. At one point I had like two contracts going at the same time and that was really hard. I remember that was hard. And I had to sit down with my, my husband. I'm like, okay, listen, what, what's going on? Like in the family, like is my, my one daughter was like almost graduated high school. I said, well, you know, we have to factor family things in so that I make these deadlines. Yeah. Uh, so we did that. Um, I'm trying to think of what's my process. So, like I said, I try to write every day, but I don't kill myself if I can't. Um, nine months to write either book. I give myself nine months. Um, I haven't missed a deadline. Thank God I'm going on book number 20 now. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, who knows in the future? Um, so, like I said, slow and steady. Um, I do start, I write an outline first. I don't always stick with it, mm-hmm. but if I'm having trouble in a scene and I, or I don't know what to do next, I usually refer to it and that helps me a lot. Mm-hmm. So I write like about a, an eight to 10 page outline first. So I know the beginning, I think I know the middle and I know the end for sure. And then I start from there and I write a uh, Whatever, you know, I would say probably about four to five days a week. And you write series in both cases. Yeah. Um, Do you, how do you, how do you get an idea for a book? Does it, is it come from, you know, something you want the characters to go through? Do you, in your research, do you find something that just, you think, huh, that could be interesting? How does it start? Um, that's a good question. Thankfully, I've never had a lack of ideas. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I think it's, well, my whole barrister series came from when I was practicing. Mm-hmm. I thought, wow, this would be like great cases. Um, so that came from that. Um, so it's, it's either from reading, um, watching TV, um, work experience. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think. And also, so I, the, the first book in the series usually comes to me pretty well. And then I have to think about the second and third. Yeah. And I don't outline the second and third. I just do like a short paragraph 
So I give myself um, a little bit of flexibility because as I'm writing the first, mm-hmm. my research might lead me to say, oh my goodness, that, that would be perfect second book mm-hmm. in the series. Or that would be the perfect third book. Or this character just comes up. And I'm like, oh, he would be perfect in, in um, you know, the second romance in the series. Or, or this instance could happen and that would make a great murder for the next mm-hmm. <laughs> So all over to answer your question, ideas just pop up from all over and you can also get them from people watching as well. Yeah. You know, I've, I've had gone to multiple, um, swim meets, tennis matches, um, volleyball mat tournaments, like, and sometimes I'm watching people and I'm like, that's just crazy. Or <laughs> I, I think I'm like, wow, she looks like she wants to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just all, you know, this ideas just occur. Um, so your cozy series mm-hmm. also calls up family memories and family, you know, something that you, that you know, the restaurant business. Um, how, how much fun has that been to add that element and, and, you know, that history into these books? Oh, that was such a great, I love that series so much. It's so close to my heart. Um, I did grow up in the restaurant business. Uh, like my, my parents owned it for 30 years and I literally grew up in it. Like my mom used to carry me around as a baby, greeting customers from table <laughs> to table. Um, as a tween, I was like rolling silverware in napkins. As a teenager, I was hostessing first. Then I stepped up to waitressing. Uh, the tips paid for my prom gown. I tell people. I worked there my whole life. I'm one of three girls, so we all worked there. My mother worked there. Uh, my two sisters worked there. Uh, it was a pretty big restaurant. It was a 250 seater. It was a big. It was a wow. big restaurant. Yeah, and he came, and it, like half of it was catering, and half of it was restaurant. Wow. Yeah. Um, it was basically a Jersey diner. You know how Jersey has so many. Yeah. But he also served um, like Mediterranean food because my parents were Armenian, so. All those great family recipes I put in my books. Mm-hmm. So in the first book, Hummus and Homicide, I have a hummus bar, which our restaurant didn't have, but I wish it did. <laughs> so I have all different types, like traditional hummus, you know, lemon pepper, jalapeno, mm-hmm. pine nut hummus. Like, oh, people love the food that's in the books. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And I took a lot of the workers that worked there, I, I kind of put them in the book, but change them a lot. Mm-hmm. Like the head chef um, was definitely there. The head waitress was there. And of course I just morphed my two sisters into one sister. <laughs> <laughs> they love that. But anyway. uh, so I didn't have to do as much research with that. Cause I just grew up in it. I knew how it worked. And well, uh, it's such a great premise for a cozy series. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's food, food mysteries do very well, but it's also a little bit of a different Armenian restaurants are not your typical cozy restaurant. Right. So I think that that's also a fresh take on, um, on the genre. Yeah. And I also have, uh, I have to say my one aunt is Lebanese. My other one is Greek. So we had, we just cover all the bases (laughs) with the food. And I did grow up near the Jersey shore. So I did want to set it at the shore because yeah. we still go there every summer with my family and I just yeah. love it there. Yeah. 
Well, the Jersey Shore is its own um, character. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there have been some wonderful series based there. But if you've ever visited there, your listeners, yeah, you know that it's it's a unique place. It's um, <laughs> it's you know, every place is unique, but the Jersey Shore is something. It's beautiful, but it's also the food and the mm-hmm. amusement parks, and I mean, it's 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 something else. So and the yeah, boardwalk and the candy shops, and there's. There's a tram car. There's just so much that you can put in. I just love it. it it's funny. It there could be a lot of funny scenes there, and um, and just great um, description that you can insert in your in your book. So yeah, to add yeah. to it. Yeah. What about writing cozies attracts you? What do you? Why do you like that genre? Oh my goodness, I love that genre. I mean, I grew up watching. Um, and my parents both passed away, sadly. My mom passed away when I was young. I was, like, in my 20s. Uh, but I remember watching um, Murder, She Wrote mm-hmm. with my mother. It's some of, like, my one of my favorite memories. I just remember that, um, watching that series with her. And I guess I didn't even realize that was the birth of, I guess, Cozy, you know? Yeah. With the small town, with the amateur sleuth. I just loved it with Angela Lansbury. So then I started um, reading cozy mysteries from my library. Like I picked up a couple and I'm like, wow, these are really fun. Yeah, I love like, it's not, you know, I don't like gory. I don't like, you know, no offense to anybody that writes the gory, (laughs) the gory murders. I really, that's not my thing. I love that. It's like small town. Usually um, the sleuth has some kind of skill or job. I love that. Um, and I love that there's no blood or gore or anything like that. Um, sometimes there's a little romance, which I like too, of course. Uh, I just like the genre. So I was reading more and more books before I even realized what a cozy mystery was. I, right. ne- I never heard the word cozy. It wasn't, uh, I mean, they've been around for a while, but it's, it's in the past few years, they've just become so much more popular and so much um, more part of the conversation. Uh, folks still don't know, uh, all the time you do. So murder, she wrote is a great shortcut <laughs> you know, it's is. Like, um, of how to talk about that. And that was such a great series. Uh, You're right. Everybody first. knows if you mention that everybody knows yeah. what that is. Yeah. They're like, Oh, that's great. Got it. Um, and do you ever think about writing a historical mystery? Um, I have, yes. Um, I would love to write one with, um, with more, a different series with, um, barristers or lawyers. I would love to write that. And I do think about that. I need more time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that could be something you, you're just Mm -hmm. researching or thinking about for years while you're, you know, till it kind of comes together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. No, I do think about that often. I'm like, oh, I could combine the two and uh i would love to write that yeah one of the great things about cozies are the cast of characters so you've talked a little bit about setting which is so important but also the characters that are part of the series but they're also you know in individual books you'll have different characters because you kind of gotta you know get the crime going but um how much fun was that for you to write this cast of characters and have them woven throughout a series especially since they were based some of them were based on on people you knew Mm -hmm. that was so much fun that was probably 
now that you mentioned that, one of the funnest parts about writing the book, that and the food. Yes. So um, my sleuth is Lucy Barbarian. And so she has her her dad and her mom, which are basically really close to my dad. <laughs> like they're just their character. Um, you know, they, cause they work together. I can't imagine working with him. I love my husband, but I can't imagine working with him every yeah. day, but you know, they work together day in and day out. So they did bicker. <laughs> they used to bicker in the kitchen all the time. I never thought anything of it, but now as in the, you know, now that I'm older, I'm married. I'm like, yeah, I can see that happening. If you work with your husband day huh. in and day out. In a high yeah. stress 250 seat yeah. restaurant, I yeah. can't even imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember sometimes, like, he would do the management part, and sometimes he would just like run away and and go into his office because you know, he don't interfere with the domain <laughs> with her domain either in the kitchen or with it, right? but it was funny. Um, so I did put scenes like that in the book. Uh, and, and of course, like, yes, I, and my, I combined my sisters, which was fun as well. And, um, I gave my sleuth the best friend, which I had, of course. And then I also gave her a romantic, I guess, triangle. So it would be somebody that would be the, I had the head chef, um, Azad, which was one person. I don't want to give away if people haven't read the series, but, and then also the, the neighbor next door, which was the motorcycle riding Michael Cideroni next door <laughs> is also another romantic interest. So that was also a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 Well, romance, as you said earlier, romance and cozy also, I mean, that's part of the trope. I mean, you need yeah. to have a little bit of something. A little somewhere. bit. I just yeah. put a dash in there. Yeah. I couldn't help it. It just <laughs> happened. <laughs> it just happens. It just happens. Um, do you, having written different series and, and, you know, you're working on 20 books, it never gets easier, but do you find that every book, the confidence grows or do you, you know, is part of your process thinking this is the book where I'm never going to be able to finish? I mean, <laughs> where are you on the confidence scale as a writer when you're moving through this? Okay. Yeah. That's a good question too. For the new writers out there, I'll be completely honest. It never gets easy. <laughs> Every book is hard. Every book is a challenge. Um, yeah, it's hard. Writing is hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard work uh, there. And then I always reach a point. Like I said, I know the beginning and every single book, I reach the point of the sagging middle. And I'm not talking about my waistband, you know, <laughs> like the sagging middle of the book. And I, and I think to myself, this is the worst piece of, can I say crap? <laughs> the worst piece of crap I've ever written. I have um, a really bad case of uh, imposter syndrome. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where I'm like, Oh, this is, I'm not, I can't be a writer. I'm not a writer. Everyone's going to know I'm a fraud that I can't write a book. I can't finish a book. This is awful, awful. And usually at that point, that's when you call your writer friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they understand. Like I said, my husband, my kids are great. You know, they're like, Oh, you can do it. You've done it before. It's no, just keep going. You know, that's what they say, but you call your writer friends and they're like, all right, what's the problem? Yeah. Let's yeah. get to it. Let, yeah. let me see what you got so far. And, and then they come up with different ideas. Yeah. They understand. Yeah. Yeah. And they see something that I never saw before. 
Yeah. Whether it's like a gaping plot hole or, oh, you know, that would work really well. They suggest something that never would have occurred to me. And that helps me. But it does not ever get easier. No. <laughs> but it is. Through it. But it's joy. You still love it, right? Even though it's not easy. It's because I, I, I don't want to scare people away because no, no, so it doesn't sorry. get easier, but it is a joyful thing to be a writer. Yes. Because then you find something as you're writing, as you push through it, and then you're like, oh my goodness, I never thought of that. What a great plot twist that would be. Yeah. And that happens every book too. And that's yeah. such a wonderful experience. And that's when the words just start flowing because you never thought, oh, wow, like that would work great. <laughs> that could be interesting. <laughs> Earlier, you talked about nine months to write a book, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just just as we're talking about publishing, which is its own animal and it's separate yeah. from writing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with Cozies, uh, they... There is that. Can we put two books out a year? Can we put, you know, is it a book a year? Is it every nine months? And, you know, so you'll be writing a book, editing the next book, and then another book is is coming out. I mean, it is a quick process. So um, and I think it's an important thing for people to also hear that you need to negotiate what works for you um, when you're talking about that. That was really smart of you not to say, oh, I really want this contract, so I'll make six months work. And instead of say, yeah, no, nine months is what it's going to be. But that's still quick, Tina. That's um, that's that's still quick, you know. Is that a comfortable pace for you? Does it get, you know, do you sort of wish you had more time? I mean, how how does that feel? I do wish sometimes I had more time. Yes, uh, definitely. Um, I know for my romance publisher, it's a different publisher. Um, there's people that can put out a book like every two months, two to I three know. months. And, and the one editor was like pushing me, like pushing, pushing. Well, we, you know, really, you know, if you want to, um, you know, boost your name, boost your sales. You really need to put out a book every three months and this and that. And I said, you know what? I don't want to, you know, I don't want a divorce. Like (laughs) I I don't want to quit my full-time job. I have health insurance. You know what I mean? Like, no. And even if I think honestly to myself, I know myself that if I had nothing, no job, no family, no husband, whatever it is, I still couldn't put a book out every three months. Like I know myself, some people can, and they're comfortable with it and that's fine with them. But I know myself and I said, and I had to push back at that point. And I have a wonderful agent now. I've had her for a long time. And she said to me, look, be honest, tell me what you need. And that's fine. And that's a good agent. Yes. Because uh, you're right. I mean, in romance, in cozies, um, there's a demand. Um, and so there's some folks who can meet it. There are other folks who who are going to have a different sort of career, and that's fine. But you've really got to find that pace that works for you because um, it's it can be a lot to try to write a couple books a year or even a book every nine months. You have to know yourself and be honest with yourself. Yeah. And with your mental health, that's so important. Like maybe somebody can do that for a year or two and then they have a breakdown, you know, right. Right. You have to be, um, take care of yourself. 
Yeah. And it's a career, you're building a career. And I think that that's what, uh, I love talking to folks who write in different genres or, or, you know, explore different things because it's not just about the one series. It's about the entire career. And, and, you know, that's an investment in yourself. So true. And, um, I'm finding out, um, that more and more authors are writing in different genres. I don't know if it's for creativity or, um, or finance, you know, money. It could be both. It's very hard to earn a living as a writer nowadays. Yeah. Unless you hit like huge, you know, like more Roberts or James Patterson. It's really hard to, you know, you have to pay for your health insurance. You have to pay for your, you know, rent and your food. It's very difficult. So I'm finding that more and more authors are exploring different genres um, for different reasons. Like I said, creativity or, or money. Right. Or they've hit a place in their one genre career where they just sort of are not moving around. So let's do something else. Do you think about writing in another genre or exploring standalones or thinking about thrillers or or anything, you know, do you, do you sort of have some of those, okay, maybe some days um, that you'd like to talk about? <laughs> Uh, sure. I, like you said, I think I would like to do like try a historical mystery. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'll change. I don't think I would pick three pen names. That's too much. <laughs> I know some people that can, but I think I would try to use my, you know, what I write my mysteries under yeah. my Tina Cashian name. But yeah, I do think about that. Yeah. 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 Well, sometimes as somebody who has three names, sometimes publishers want you to have. I know. Name, they so. do. <laughs> Because they like to launch a new series as if it's a debut. Um, so again, that's a business thing. You know, it is a heck of a business, isn't it? It is. It really is. <laughs> um, but how lucky, you know, are we all to be part of it? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. What's yeah, your favorite part about writing cozies? Um, I think it's the the town, like the small town. Oh, just everything I get. The small town amateur sleuth, I guess. And I do love um, giving my character friends and family. I think family is really important. Mm-hmm. The so, genre I- of cozies during the uh, pandemic, I think, um, had an upsurge as well. A lot of people discovered them or started rereading them because they're, it's as with romances, happily ever afters, uh, you know, there's sort of a implicit agreement with your reader that it, you're not going to cause them any harm or make them sad. You know, I mean, they may get sad at a moment, but in the, in the overall scheme of things, they're going to be okay at the end. And uh, we need that. And so I do think that writing in those two genres, um, it's you've also got a relationship with your readers that you're you're telling them if you read one of my books, this it's okay. I'm going to give you a happily ever after. That's true about cozies. I do love that they solve the crime. They yeah. don't leave you hanging. Yeah. Uh, that then I want to throw the book across, you know, <laughs> against the wall. I get really frustrated if um, if they don't solve the crime, yeah. or at least satisfactory to you know. I understand it's a series. There'll be another murder, but at least they solve that crime. Right. Justice needs to prevail. Right. Yeah. Some, somehow. (laughs) Right. It doesn't always happen in the real world. So you want it to happen in your, in your fiction. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. true. So what are you working on now? 
Um, okay, so right now I have, I am working on um, finishing a the third book in a three-book contract for my romance, my historical publisher. So I have one coming out April 23rd of this year. It's mm-hmm. called How Not to Marry a Duke. Yeah. <laughs> so that one's coming out very soon. Um, I also have the next, the following month, um, I'm in an anthology called Murder at Sea with um, seven other cozy mystery authors. Ooh, fun. And I love that short story. So I wrote, um, it's a long short story, I guess you could call it. Um, it's called A Sale of Two Continents. And it includes my kebab kitchen sleuth and her fiance. They are going on a um, it's something that I did actually, I went, I, I didn't go, she, she goes to our, she travels to Armenia to get a cross, like a special cross for her wedding. And I, mm-hmm. I did have to do this. I went to Boston to visit my, um, great aunt and she gave me a, a cross for my wedding. But anyway, so what happens is, um, they are sailing from Istanbul, Turkey to Greece. Wow. And of course a murder happens aboard this ship. Uh, but a funny story about that short story was I said it originally at the Jersey shore on, um, like a fishing boat. And because we were in this anthology murder, Des- destinations, murder anthology, we ran a contest where one of the readers got to pick the location of one of the author's next book in the series. And of course I got picked and she picked the Straits of Bosphorus, which I had to look it up, <laughs> but it's basically, um, it's, it's, it starts off in Turkey, Istanbul, Turkey. It, ba- it basically separates two continents. It's a real, um, strait. Wow. It, it separates Asia from Europe. Wow. Um, it's naturally occurring, um, waterway <laughs> that's, uh, heavily traveled. I didn't know this. I had to look it up. So I had to change my entire, I had (laughs) halfway written it. (laughs) I had to go back and she said, well, you, you know, we talked about this and they said, well, you know, do you really want to do it? If you don't want to do it, another author said, well, we'll do it. But I said, no, no, no. Cause she picked me. So I said, she won the contest legitimately. She picked me. She picked the location. I said, I'll move my story. Yeah. And I ended up moving it and it ended up being better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I had to rewrite like the first 2000 words. I remember. And is this a, um, how, how did you seven cozy authors get together to write this anthology? Um, it's a destination murders anthology. So the first book, I wasn't in the first book. It was murder at the beach. I was in the second book series, murder in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, which was another fun story that I wrote. Um, and then this one is the third, which is murder at sea. So we just have to write, everybody has a theme. Of course, there has to, it has to be at sea <laughs> and has to be a murder. So, um, so I had to change my location, <laughs> but I did. And I love the stories. That's why it's called a sale of two consonants. Cause she starts in one continent and ends up in another. Oh, that's a great, that's yeah. great. It yeah. sounds like it'll be fun for readers too. It is fun. So I yeah. put like a lot of, you know, detail in there. So, yeah, that's great. Well, it's, so staying busy and, and writing and, uh, and dreaming up new ways of, of going through people. two yeah. continents when necessary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Tina. This has been a real pleasure. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being with us today. Sisters in Crime is about community. We were founded to advocate for women crime writers, and we continue that mission by fighting for equity in the crime writing community. Sisters in Crime is an international, inclusive organization for all who write and love crime fiction, mystery, thrillers, and suspense. Join us at sistersincrime.org and make sure you subscribe to this podcast.